Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. Did you know that some beauty products contain harmful ingredients for your health, like cancer-causing chemicals and endocrine disruptors? These ingredients are commonly used by big brand names you see in most stores. Attitude is on a mission to provide clean beauty products with no ingredients of concern, no plastic waste, and no compromise on performance. All of their products are made with naturally sourced ingredients and adhere to the EWG's highest quality standards. They are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, and certified by PETA. Attitude is raising the bar with Leaves Bar, a complete plastic-free beauty bar line for body and hair. The entire line is crafted to offer maximum results with minimal ingredients, enriched with the company's signature Super Leaves extracts with extraordinary properties. You can finally say goodbye to single-use plastic in your skincare routine and never look back. What's more, this summer you should definitely try their mineral sunscreen plastic-free sticks made with non-nano zinc oxide, which is a safe and effective UV filter. Its ocean-safe formula applies easily and doesn't leave a white cast, a top-scoring sunscreen on the EWG database. Head over to AttitudeLiving.com and get $10 off your first order when using the promotional code JUST10, J-U-S-T-1-0. Colleen Cavanaugh, founder and CEO of Zago, has dedicated her career to improving nutrition quality in food to provide the foundational wellness people and communities need to thrive. In her early career, she worked in politics to improve child nutrition programs like school lunch, WIC, and food stamps. Seeking a more effective leverage point to improve nutrition from soil to table, Colleen launched Zigo. Zigo makes pure and nutritious whole food breakfast and snack products accessible to everyone, including those with severe allergies and food intolerances. Colleen's mission with Zago is simply yet revolutionary. She seeks to inspire rapid changes to clean the food system by establishing that consumers have the right to know if there is toxic residue in their food before they consume it. Okay, welcome to the show, Colleen. I'm actually really happy to have you here today because I'm excited to talk to you about all the things on labels and what companies do with testing, things like that. And um, like the bio said, she is the CEO of Zigo. And I love Zigo, the snacks, the fruit bars, the oats, things like that. So thank you, Colleen, for being here today. Thank you for having me, Carlin. You have such a unique voice in this space, and I'm so appreciative of what you do for consumer empowerment and advocacy. You do amazing work in this area. Thank you. That is so nice of you. Um, Why don't you tell my listeners just a little bit more about yourself, your company, and maybe how Zigo got started? Sure. Yeah. So I'm originally from Tennessee. And when I was 16, I was diagnosed with celiac disease, which was quite unusual at that time. And because I was, you know, suffering the symptoms in my teenage years, I really realized how much my mental capacity decreased, how my body got weak, how I couldn't socialize and I couldn't do well in school because of food. So when I found out I had celiac disease and changed my diet, I grew six inches and gained 40 pounds in six months. Oh, wow. It was amazing. Everything changed. And that made me realize that no matter why you aren't getting the right food, whether it's because you have celiac disease or you live in a food desert, or you just don't 
eat right, um, you're not able to better yourself and achieve your dreams and be a good parent, be a good sibling, be a good student. And so I decided I wanted to go where I thought I could have the best impact, um, which was working in politics on Capitol Hill to improve nutrition for low-income kids in school lunches, food stamps, and WIC. So that's where I started. Oh, that's a good place to start. I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear more about that, but keep going. Yeah. So then um, after doing that and then working as a lobbyist on what we call white hat lobbyists, so we're working to improve school meals through a trade association, um, we have been working. I started my own nonprofit in California called A Better Course, and we were working to improve nutrition standards in vending machines and snack bars, which is where a lot of high school kids in public schools get their lunch. And after we finished getting it passed, which was a huge deal, um, Michelle Obama was championing this. We had about a hundred different advocates working across the country on it. And the first, we were waiting to see what are the new products that are going to come out from Kellogg's and General Mills and all these you know companies that sell to these types of programs. The first food, I kid you not, it was a brown Rice Krispie treat. Oh, goodness. <laughs> this was Big Spoon's response was, we'll take a, something that's really bad for you and make it from brown rice. I just threw up my hands. We were like, that's not what we meant. Right. Um, and I realized that no change was going to happen unless the consumers demanded it. So that's why I switched to going to the for-profit side, starting a company, Zego, that would be the company I want all food companies to be. It would be transparent. All the food would be available, whether you had severe allergies, it didn't matter. We, would, we were safe for people with severe allergies. We have things that are good for diabetics. Celiacs are safe with our food. And we wanted to build in this transparency in the food system, uh, something I didn't even know didn't exist until I started the company. Right. There's not a lot of transparency in a lot of companies, but I have a question for you. Why do you think um, the Rice Krispies treat, turning it from white rice to brown rice, why do you think that was their response to trying to better the school lunches? So they were looking at what is the minimal we have to do in order to meet the regulations. So as you know, as a nutritionist, like we look at these macronutrients and that's only one part of the picture, right? So they said, oh, well, you said we have to be 50% whole grain. We'll use brown rice. But in the end, they actually grind it into such a fine powder that the workers have to wear um, masks so it it doesn't get into their lungs. So there's no nutrition less. They ground it out and then they spray it on afterwards. Oh, goodness. Right. It's sort of sad that the big companies won't step up to the plate and provide these better choice options for us, our kids, families, school lunches, things like that. It is. And that's why I really feel like we have to leverage consumer demand, show consumers the type of purity that they should be getting with their food that they really have a right to get and show them how to assert their power to push companies to do the right thing. I agree. I tell my followers all the time that you vote with your dollars. Where the money is put is where the companies will go with whatever they choose to make or produce. So yes, I really agree with that. Okay. So let's talk about some of these like maybe hidden ingredients. So you started Zego in part to find hidden secrets that might explain why so many kids are having digestive problems, asthma, allergies, autism, things like that. What did you find? Right. So that was really interesting. So I I knew that there was this space, there was a lack of good food for people who have allergies. And at the time I started the company, that was really when that was burgeoning, where we had a couple of kids in every classroom who had severe allergies. 
And I did say to myself, well, when I get into this food industry, I'm going to figure out what is going on. Why aren't we being nourished by our food anymore? And the big missing link was the pesticides and the heavy metals, the lack of testing for it, or if they were testing, there were no standards. So they don't do anything about the testing and they don't tell consumers what's going on. So there's, there's a real tendency to pull the wool over your eyes as a brand and try not to test and look around because you feel like you don't have control over it. And by doing that, we're doing a disservice to all the consumers and the farm workers and everybody along the supply chain. Okay, so let's talk about this. Are there any standards for food right now or food companies can really do whatever they want? The answer is kind of yes and no. So the federal EPA does have standards on certain pesticides and heavy metals, but they're very, very high. If you look at a state like California, our Prop 65 restrictions are much, much lower. Um, In some cases, almost below naturally occurring levels, um, which can be its own problem. So there's this big spectrum. There's other countries, Japan, um, Australia, who do a better job than the U.S. does. There's also a lack of enforcement. So um, the EPA does not have enough staff to go out and do a lot of testing and the FDA to do a lot of testing on companies and see what they find. So we'll have um, other organizations, nonprofits, will come out with big reports about glyphosate being found in very large amounts in chickpeas or you know, different things like that. But there's no follow-up from a government standpoint. It's really just something done in the media. And that's why the consumers really have to leverage their power to demand from the brands that they not only test, but they do something about it if they find bad results. Right. I think this is just becoming like a hot topic, I feel like, with um, younger moms, new moms, because of all of the talk of the lead in the baby food. And so now companies are coming out saying, like, we test for heavy metals. Here are reports. Our baby food is safe. And then there's others that aren't. They're just still making their baby Mm -hmm. food. So I'm glad people are becoming aware of this. Yeah, it, it, the awareness is really important. And baby food is a great place to start because you do have really hyper aware parents who are really reading that information. But even if you look at the general oat category, for our Zego oats, we test for cadmium in addition to the other heavy metals. Most people in oats aren't testing for heavy metals, or if they are, they aren't telling anyone they're the results. Well, oats have a tendency to absorb cadmium from the soil. We don't know why different plants absorb different things like Mm -hmm. peas often will pull up lead. Um, They just phytoremediate. They pull these toxins out of the soil. So you really need to be testing your oats to make sure that you're not having high cadmium levels. Or when they laid down the interstate system, they didn't go around farms. They went right through farms. So all those decades that we were using leaded gasoline, that lead went into the soil. So brands need to be testing. They need to be asking for testing from their suppliers and their farmers so that they know what they're getting. So they don't pass it on to consumers. Right. Well, and rice is the same way. It absorbs arsenic. I mean, the hemp plant, it absorbs certain, you know, pollutants really easily. So it is important that we can ask a company like, Hey, have you tested for heavy metals? And what are your reports? Things like that. So let's talk about Zigo's purity verification stamp. What is this and what does it mean? Because I see it on all of your products. Yes, yes. We put it front and center. So as I said, Zigo is really just as much a mission as it is a company. 
And so our vision is that all companies in the future are going to have a purity verification symbol on their product and they're gonna have a QR code or whatever the new technology is that links people to their test results. So for what we do is we test for over 400 different pesticides, herbicides and heavy metals in crops of concern. And we tie those results to the packaging through the QR code so that you standing in the grocery aisle could scan and see, let's say your main concern is glyphosate. And within 30 seconds, you can see that we have no measurable glyphosate in any of our products. And it'll show you the date we last tested. It'll show you what products we tested for. Um, if you have allergies or you are concerned about lead, whatever that is, you can go as deep as you want into this. And then we also have a summary chart for you as well. That's incredible. It's so powerful. And yet, Carlin, it's so simple, right? This is something that all companies could be doing. And that's what we're trying to demonstrate to the companies is you can do this. You just have to be willing to test and then be responsible for the results. That's the problem is be responsible for the results. I don't think some of them want to know their results or share their results. They don't. And we recently had a report that came out of the U.S. Congress from on baby food and some of the companies that sent in the results for the the survey that they did to inform the committee were actually had very high heavy metal levels and their standard was even so far out of the realm of what would consider to be safe that I can't even believe they submitted the documents it was appalling wow okay so your purity verification label is that basically the same thing as like a COA because a lot of companies now are posting their COAs or is it a little bit different? It's a little bit different. So um, a COA is a really vague term in our industry. You can really put anything you want on a COA, the certificate of analysis. So I, as a brand, I might have what we call specifications for my oats. And my specifications is that there can be no measurable amount of glyphosate, no measurable paraquat, no measurable amount of these 400 different things. For heavy metals, you know, they're naturally occurring. So we have thresholds, you know, based on Prop 65. So it has to be below all these amounts. I can then say to my um, farmers, this is what I need from you. And if it doesn't, if what you're growing doesn't meet these standards, I'm not going to buy it. So that's the specification level, which is really the most important document. The COA is the test they give me back. Okay. So they say, oh, I see your standards. Here's the COA, which has all my testing on it. Now, one time I was offered a COA by a fruit company and it had only 200 different uh, chemicals on it. And I said, well, where is captain? And they said, well, we don't test for captain. I said, well, captain is what you all were using on raspberries two years ago. And it spiked 400 X in one season. And we had to you know, switch to a different type of berry because there was so much pesticide. Like I can't, I'm not going to tell my consumers my buyers that I'm a purity verified if I'm not verifying for the pertinent chemical to that crop. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So um, for example, the, the big panel of 400 that we do, it doesn't cover any of the um, chemicals that are used on almonds. Now that's not a problem for us. We don't sell almonds, but my friend at philosopher food, Tim, he has to test for other chemicals. So it's very industry and ingredient specific. Oh, that makes um, and sense. And one of those one of those is paraquat, which I know you and I have talked about paraquat before. Yeah. Why don't you tell my listeners what that is? So paraquat is a chemical that is similar to glyphosate. It is used as a desiccant on oats. 
And it is more powerful as a desiccant on oats than glyphosate, but it's more expensive. So the problem with Paraquat is that it is used to induce Parkinson's disease in lab rats because it is so effective at doing so. It has been heavily linked to Parkinson's and there are three leading neurologists who are calling for a ban on it because of this. Wow. So farm workers who spray Paraquat and they have a genetic propensity to get Parkinson's are 11 times more likely to get it than those who do not use Paraquat. And are we still using this on oats? We use it all the time. So it's not still glyphosate is the premier one that people use, but as farmers are trying to get glyphosate free, some of them are moving to Paraquat. Oh, goodness. Move from one problem to another problem. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I love about this concept of purity verification is that even though I love certifications like glyphosate-free residue, things like that, you can end up in a bit of a -a whack-a-mole right? Because you get rid of one, another one pops up. And how could a consumer ever know of these hundreds and hundreds of different things that they should be asking about? So purity verification really puts it on the um, brand to say, these are the important chemicals for the ingredients we buy. And here's our test results for those. So let me go back a little bit to glyphosate, because I know some people know what it is, some maybe do not. So let's just tell the listeners what glyphosate is and Do all companies test for glyphosate or is it just some companies? Boy, that would be nice. It is definitely (laughs) only some companies, uh, but it's growing because of consumer demand. So glyphosate is an herbicide. So it's a weed killer that is extremely effective. It's water soluble. And that means that it can get into streams and rivers and travel around into our oceans. It can get into your drinking water. It has been found in rain. It's been found in drinking water, um, wells. It's really gone worldwide, uh, the contamination can be found everywhere, varying degrees in varying places. So it's almost impossible to live a completely glyphosate-free life, but there are certain egregious areas where it's used, where it's more problematic. So it turns out, you know, we have these off-label uses of, you know, lots of things, lots of different pharmaceuticals and things like that. So one of the off-label uses for glyphosate is to spray it on your crop to speed up harvest because it dries out the plant really fast. It's a desiccant and that's how it kills the weeds. So it started out in Canada with the oats and and most of the two leading oat companies in the US buy their oats mostly from Canada. So in Canada, they have a shorter growing season and they wanted to make sure that they weren't getting into the rainy season right before they harvested. So they would speed up that harvest by using glyphosate. And now it's become quite standard in the industry, not by all farmers. Our farmers for a long time have been signing contracts that they not only don't use glyphosate on their organic crops, they also don't use it on their conventional because we don't want to have the drift coming into our Zigo oats. Right. Yeah. So there are farmers are very, very committed, but it is a big problem. Well, I love seeing uh, more and more companies are using like that glyphosate free label, which is really nice. And then I know that organic crops cannot at least spray their crops with glyphosate. So two, yeah, two the, things that help out. It, it does. And the organic thing is, is a little tricky. So organic definitely is better. So we test, you know, I do a lot of testing and organic almost always comes out better. Every once in a while, I find either fraud or you know something that's right. happening. Right. And I can get it. I find it because I test for all my, you know, Zego products. Um, but the detox project did just put out a new report 
And they tested 23 different organic products and found that five of them had glyphosate up to about 50 parts per billion. And non-GMO was worse. There were 18 out of 26 products had measurable glyphosate up to a thousand parts per billion. That's quite a bit. Right. Well, non-GMO doesn't mean that they can't spray with glyphosate. So that gets confusing for people, you know. It does. So yeah, it gets tricky out there. That's why we need all companies to do this purity verification. So Let's go back to that label. Can any company do the purity verification test? Can they make their own? Is there a certain test out there that they can go do? Yes. So um, this, so there's two, two different la- layers to this. One is any company right now could put a QR code on their label or if they already have one and they could start testing and tie those results together. Like that's a very simple process that you do on your website. Um, we would like to have folks using in the industry using the same label so that cu- customers recognize it and it has some meaning to it. Um, because obviously you want to make sure that there's some policing around the use of it, right? Because we don't want it to become greenwashing where people use it and it's not really meaningful. For True. example, not testing for paraquat with oats or not testing for captain with fruit. So to that end, we are looking to later this year roll out, we call it an (laughs) anti-certification. So I'm working with uh, another company that does certificate, they have their own certification, but we're talking about, we want to build like this anti-certification that would be actually a symbol of transparency that you would would bring the brand and the consumer together, but then there would be this this party in between that would say, okay, we are checking to make sure that they're testing for the right things and they're, they're really keeping their tests up to date. Oh, interesting. Okay, so... If I were listening to this podcast, I would be thinking like, okay, well, what can I do to advocate for more transparency with companies? So what do you suggest these listeners actually do? I'm so glad you asked that. So on the back of every single Zego product, we have a note to the consumer from me that says, if you like what we're doing with purity verification, please reach out to other brands that you buy and ask them to do the same thing. So Carlin, this is so simple if we build it into our habits. So whether it's when you're at the grocery store standing in line or when you're at the soccer game with your kid or each time you put away groceries, you just pull out your phone and DM what, you know, look, at, there are probably five brands that everyone consistently buys in their household. Aim for those top five. And the easiest thing to say is um, that you would like for them to purity verify their product like Zego does. And that will then collapse the conversation because they won't say, well, we don't know what you mean by that because Zigo has made it very clear what we mean by that and that we do it. So if they come back and say, oh, no, no one can do that. Well, no, actually they can because Zigo is doing it. Um, you know, what does that mean? Well, just look at what Zigo is doing. Like we are here to make it easy for you to advocate for yourself and your family. If, of course, if you want to use email, you know, whatever is the most convenient communication method. But this has to be a consumer driven movement, or it's not going to happen because there's too much money in politics. We can't force it from the political side. We have to have consumers demand it from the brands. It's so true. Well, I love that it's so simple. Easy DM is simple to do. And I love that you can just state, do it like Zego does, because they can easily look on your website and see what you do. So they just need to follow that. And I just want to say to the listeners that you really have a role in what happens out there. 
more so than you probably think. And especially with your dollars, like I think about this Johnson and Johnson one over and over their profits in 2018 dropped by 20% because new moms were finally figuring out about parabens, phthalates, things like that. So what they do, they reformulated to take out the parabens and the phthalates because they didn't want to be, you know, last one on the market anymore. So it really does make a difference when we start voting with our dollars and start telling companies what we would like to see. It, it does. And look at the way gluten-free grew up virtually overnight. You know, within five years, gluten-free was everywhere because consumers were demanding it. That's so true. imagine if five years from now, consumers have been demanding purity information from their brands, so much so that brands no longer think they can sell unless they're providing the information which means that they have to turn to their supply chain and say, hey, uh, I got to give you a spec sheet that shows that I can't have any more heavy metals than this. I can have no measurable glyphosate. And that then will incentivize the farmer. And then the farmer can get paid more for cleaner food because we'll know that it's clean before we buy it. Many times now brands don't know if their product has residue and toxic residue in it unless they themselves test for it. And that gets expensive. Right. And I know it's possible. It is sort of a headache, but by creating my own products, I've learned a lot of what happens in the food industry. And you do have to go to each supplier and ask for their spec sheet on every ingredient that you're putting into your product. And then we third-party test it as well. So there's a lot of looking at, you know, the testing data and getting things tested. So it is a little bit of a headache, but it's definitely worth it. I think we're, we have this generation that is just tired of the junk in the food. Like we just want it out. We want real food. Yeah, exactly. And we have a generation that now finds it has having a lot of digestive problems. Um, and we know there's generational impacts of things like glyphosate um, with infertility and other issues that have been shown in um, lab, you know, working with rats and things like that. So there's so many reasons why people are seeking healthier food, cleaner food, because they're doing everything that they know to do from their medical doctor to cure what's wrong with them. And they're still not feeling better. Right. And we, you know, we have people who write to us all the time saying that they thought that they couldn't eat oats ever. And then they had our oats and they can eat them every day because they're so clean. So that's, and when we get into that earlier question you had about the allergies and the autism and all those things, you know, all of these chemicals fill up. If you think of your like toxicity capacity, right? You have a cup and they start to fill up your cup. And at some point it spills you over. So the cleaner you can eat, the more you can decrease the volume in that cup and not end up spilling over into having symptoms. Right. And I try to teach people that quite often, like we have a great detoxification system in our body, our liver, our skin, all these different detox pathways. The problem is we overburden it with all of these toxins. Our liver can only handle so many toxins. But here we are like eating a certain brand of oats, thinking we're feeding our body this healthy food and have no idea that it might be full of glyphosate or full of something else. And we're, you know, not doing as good to our body as we thought. So it is so important to be aware of what's actually in our food. It's true. And it's really great if you can find, because I know we're all busy, right? So even if there were all this information linked to every single QR code, you might not have time to scan every single one. But like we were saying, if you pick the things you eat the most and drink the most and focus on those, you're really going to do great things for your family and your health. Um, you, You don't have to be perfect 
every single decision throughout the day, but you want to be good in an imperfect way, right? As, there you, as go. you can. That's good advice though. Pick the, the things that you eat the most of and be concerned about those. That's good advice. Okay, let's move on to a new topic. You've actually touched upon it a little bit, but greenwashing is a real common thing that people are talking about lately. So what does it mean if a company is greenwashing? So greenwashing is um, done on various levels and it's when a company um, gets a marketing campaign together and it could be on their packaging, it could be in their other materials that talk about good things that they do that they know consumers want and focuses on that while in the background, they're doing a lot of other things that are really bad either for your health or for the environment, which is ultimately bad for your health too. You know, it is kind of, I think the term started back in the seventies where if I remember right with cores that they had a big environmental program going on, but in the meantime, they were dumping chemicals. So I, I might not have been cores, so don't get me in trouble, um, <laughs> but it was but way back in the seventies. Um, but now you see it in more subtle ways. So there's a certification that you see. It looks like a certification it's like Animal Welfare League or something. This is actually done by conventional ranchers. Um, it does not show that you have a healthier, you know, grass-fed version of meat. But it looks because it looks like a certification. It looks like, oh, well, that must be something that they worked hard to get. Mm, interesting. It actually covers up their practices. Um, somebody might put even this is we see this all the time. If you put a gluten-free symbol on a bottle of water, right? Like that's kind of right. There's no gluten in your water, but what about the plastic that they're using, right? What, what's happening with that? Is that leaching into the water? Does what did they test the water for lead? Right. Um, you might have a glyphosate-free symbol on, but if it's a fruit bar, we don't really see glyphosate in fruit bars. So you should be testing for captain and other things. So that's where greenwashing comes in. I always think about it also with the non-GMO label, because that non-GMO label is plastered onto things that we don't have a non-GMO item of. So for instance, like pear baby food, there isn't a GMO pear. So of course that pear baby food is non-GMO. So well, unless I guess if they've added sugar or something into it, then that label means something. But sometimes can that label be a greenwashing tactic? Yes, yes, it definitely can. So, you know, there's five crops basically that are, are what we would consider GMOs where they're altering the gene enough that we're concerned about it. But there are other things like uh, apples. Apples are a GMO, they call it a GMO concern, but it's more, it's not because people have been messing with the apple seeds to do things that can harm our health. It's that they've been doing so many different splicing and varieties. And there's been so much testing over time with farmers and apples. And so the non-GMO verified people kind of don't know what to do with it because it's, it's not, we're not creating like monster salmon, uh, right. you know, uh, but it, but it is technically has been modified. So it's a little bit tricky and you will see non-GMO on all kinds of products where the, the crop has never had a GMO risk whatsoever. Like non-GMO water, yes, something like exactly. that again, you just like the gluten-free water, uh, non-GMO water. Now glyphosate-free water, that would actually be a thing. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. Let's tell the listeners those five crops that you and I probably agree upon this for the five GMO crops. When I am buying a, a packaged food at the store I look for these five crops to see if they're in the product. So I look for sugar, because that's a uh, GMO crop, canola, soy, corn, and cotton, like cottonseed oil. So those are the five 
crops, I tell people to look for that non-GMO label if they want that non-GMO label to actually mean something. Would you agree? Absolutely. Um, And then I would throw in that when you're looking for organic, because, you know, most of us can't afford to buy organic all the time. So we're prioritizing, you know, you want to look for like plant proteins, chickpeas, legumes, oats would be one of those wheat, there are certain crops. And and even people don't think about this, um, you know, cannabis is being legalized in so many states now, you really need to watch your cannabis. Um, Cannabis is a phytoremediator, so it pulls heavy metals out of the soil. And you need to make sure that whoever you're buying from, which is hopefully like an official dispensary, if that, if you're buying that, you need to make sure that you're looking at those test results. Right. I tell people that all the time on my page that that hemp plant, like we talked about earlier, pulls a lot of different pollutants. And so they need to be really careful with what CBD they are buying. Okay. I have a random question to ask you. And I just thought of this, but you touched upon it at the very, very beginning. You talked about school lunches. And I've been sitting here thinking, okay, as a parent, you've been talking to us about being empowered and reaching out to companies and trying to do what we can. So I've been sitting here thinking, what is it that we can do, though, as parents for school lunches? Are school lunches okay? Is there something more we can do as parents? There's a lot that parents can do. So there are federal standards around what has to happen in school lunches to make sure that they're healthy. And of course, that's important, not just for all kids, but especially lower income kids are getting 90% of their calories sometimes from school lunch and breakfast. So it's almost the only food that they're eating during the day. But the local implementation of those standards, you know, your city is a long way from DC, right? And whether or not your school food service director actually is presenting your kids with healthy food is a totally independent question of from what they're supposed to do. So if your kids are coming home and telling you that they're eating hot dogs every day or funnel cakes for lunch, you can reach out to your school board and send them emails and let them know that you're concerned. If you have time, you can go to a school board meeting. Um, You use your PTA uh, to leverage them in order to demand change. Many school districts over the last 10 years have put together what we call wellness policy committees. And those wellness policy committees have put together new requirements at the local level and expectations on school lunch. And where they've done that, we've seen dramatic changes in the quality of the lunches for the kids. So it's definitely a place that's worth your time. I mean, I raise three kids. I know how busy it is, um, but certainly emailing um, your school board is the first place to start and, and reaching out in that way as a parent. Oh, I'm so glad I asked you that question. I know that was a random question, but um, we can be empowered as parents to help out at the local level, not just these huge brands and DMing them or DMing stores, but we can email at the local level as well and help right in our own schools. So thank you for answering that for me. Sure, sure. And we're going to have more interesting things on school lunches too. Um, Zigo's partnering with a school district here to help them develop vegan options using our double protein oats as the protein. Um, So for example, in in tacos. Oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be working on some low cost protein options that schools can use um, plant based to be helpful on that front as well. So I think there are exciting things to come. But again, just like with the toxins that we're talking about, parents have to demand it if they're not getting it. They need to ask for what they want. Right. You're spot on. Okay, let's talk about organic just a little bit more because you just touched upon it. Do you think people can really rely on the organic certification? In general, yes. 
you know, I do hundreds of these tests all the time. Um, and I work with people who do even more testing than I do, like the detox project. And generally organic is always better than if you look at bark a basket of goods, the organic are going to be way cleaner than the conventional. That being said, there is both fraud in the market. It used to be a joke in the business that I'm in that if you couldn't find an organic ingredient, you could always get it from Turkey. <laughs> like, okay. There's a reason it's not, they don't grow a lot of organic crops in Turkey, but you could always get it from Turkey. Um, so there is fraud. And and the fraud isn't always because people are being um, bad actors. I know a guy who imports quinoa, and he said that about a third of his organic quinoa, he has to turn back. And he works with small farmers. And he said, what happens is they have a medical emergency or their daughter gets married. And even though they promised they would sell you their crop, they have to sell some right away to pay the bill. And so they buy it from their buddy down the street. And they mm. may not even know that he's using these other chemicals on it. So that's why brands need to be testing continuously to make sure that we're catching where there is fraud so that we can get rid of it. That's why we need more than just an organic and non-GMO label. We need a purity label. Right. We need a purity label and it needs to cover heavy metals if it's a crop of concern. Not all food is a concern for heavy metals, but some of them are significant concerns and we need to be looking at that. I mean, we all know um, if there's one thing we know that's bad for us in food and water, it's lead. Right. Right. I mean, the, the fact that Flint, Michigan went for so many years without anyone knowing that there was this high lead level is such a, you know, example of what we all might be doing to ourselves every day if we're eating the same brand all the time um, and they don't have good standards, you could be exposing yourselves to lead and arsenic and things like that every single day, cadmium that can lead to um, kidney tumors, um, you know, the lead that can decrease your kid's cognitive function and, and can actually give you dementia uh, later in life. So th these are really serious matters. And, you know, I like to talk about in very positive ways because consumers have so much power. And if there's one message I want people to take away from the podcast is go out right now and DM your top five brands that are in your cupboard and ask them to start doing purity verification for their products because um, we can't be our best selves and we can't bring about a better world if we are constantly exposed to toxic residues that are keeping us sick and, and dragging our energy down. Right. Okay. So I love the tip about going and DMing the products that they use the most, the brands they use the most. But if I'm a mom listening to this podcast, I might be like, oh my gosh, like this is too overwhelming. What do I even eat? So what tips do you have for consumers that would be maybe really simple to look for when buying foods? That's a really good question. So generally, the shorter the supply chain, the better. So for example, if you know that Zigo oats are sourced from oats grown in the Midwest, that means that I have a direct line to my farmers and I can actually go there and I could test their soil. If they don't know who they're sourcing from because they're buying from a broker and maybe their oats are coming from Chile or China, um, that a lot of oats come from the Ukraine, 20% of our oats come from the Ukraine and Russia, um, that's harder for me to trace down because a lot of times those suppliers, those brokers in the middle try not to let you know who they're buying from because they don't want you to buy direct. So things can get hidden there. Um, so I would look for, you know, sourced from the U.S. Um, made in the U.S. is not so helpful because you could still source it from other countries mm -hmm. and bring it in. Um, certain crops like chocolates 
I would pay attention to any chocolates or superfoods that you buy. That's sort of a category that you can focus your attention on. You're going to be looking in heavy metals with that in particular. Um, chocolate from Central America is where the, all the organic chocolate comes from. So if the chocolate is sourced from Africa, you've got issues like, uh, well, I wouldn't even, I don't even want to go into this because I want people to go, well, but you end up with like child slave labor is an issue, right? right? But it's also conventional. So if you're buying organic chocolate, you not only know that you're going to have cleaner chocolate, you also know that there's not going to be any child slave labor. So a lot of these issues go hand in hand. It's like brands who are really trying to do the right thing are more likely to be doing everything right. And those who aren't talking about doing the right thing, probably doing the right things wrong. So basically they just need to look for brands that are trying to do the right thing. They, they do. And I would follow organizations like the detox project, the environmental working group. Um, you put up a lot of great information. You know, we as consumers cannot spend all of our time researching these things, but there are other organizations and people who do bring to light issues as they come up. And then from, you know, it takes all of these big changes in the world um, have multiple components. So Zigo is now here showing you how to purity verify your products and we're providing you with solutions. So if you want purity verified food, we can give you that food. We can also tell you how to ask other companies to do it. And then we've got to have the political will, which we're working on with the consumer pressure is going to bubble up that way as well. And we have to have solutions, the regenerative organic movement. You know, how do you grow enough food without all of these chemicals? So those solutions are happening at the same time. So everything's coming together and we're really seeing a big movement right now, but we need consumers to be as engaged as they can. They don't have to be experts. They just need to ask for what they want. That's the most important thing they can do is ask for what they want. I love that. I feel like the pendulum is swinging. I feel like the pendulum swung to one side where we didn't know what was in our food, anything was put in our food. And now I feel like we're waking up due to health issues, not feeling that great. And we're like, that's swinging. And it's almost back over to the other side of let's just use real food. Let's know what's in our food. Let's fuel our body as best as possible. And the beauty of this is that it doesn't have to be, you know, we have sort of our, you think of like a pyramid of food and the stuff at the bottom is not very clean and the stuff at the top is. And so there's organic towards the top and then regenerative organic is a new certification that's kind of even at the tippy top of the pyramid. I'm looking at the whole pyramid and that lower rung. If you have a dollar fifty as a mom to spend on a can of soup, I want you to be empowered to choose the best can of soup out there. Not just macronutrients. We know those and we can see those, but if you had a choice of five soups and you found out that three of them were high in lead, well, you would choose the other two, right? Right. But right now you don't have access to that information. So I want all consumers to be empowered, not just ones who can afford regenerative organic certified foods. I love that because not all of us can afford that tip of the pyramid. A lot of us are just buying the foods at the base of the pyramid. And like you said, we should have the right to know in five cans of soup what's in all of those soups. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here today. I've learned a lot. I know my listeners have learned a lot. Are there any final tips you want to give these consumers? I would say know the brands you buy from the most. Start there. That is doable and work out from that point and always feel empowered. Don't feel like a victim. You exercise your power as a consumer and ask for the change that you want to see. Oh, I love that so much. So I always end my podcast by asking my guests what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. What would you say it is? 
Well, I love this question and I would say that it's joy. So I like to think of joy being as kind of a, a spice in your cabinet. You know, sometimes you're cooking with it and you're putting in a bunch of it, right? Because you're having planning a party, you're planning a family dinner, you're planning on joy. But it's also important to see where has life sprinkled it around you. You know, we have so many challenges right now coming maybe out of the pandemic, maybe not. You know, we, there's so many things going on in the world that are upsetting. Um, and it's so important to be able to walk down the street and notice that the butterfly just landed on a flower and to and to recognize that as joy and let yourself experience that. I love that you chose joy. In fact, the other day I was at lunch with some women and one of the ladies asked each one of us, name the last thing that you have done that brought you joy. And I was like, oh, that's actually a good question. And it was interesting to see how people responded. And I actually went home and asked my kids and asked my husband and some of them struggled. They were like, oh, maybe I need to look for things in my life that are bringing me joy or put things into my life that will bring me joy. So it's actually a really good question if you're still listening here at the end of the show to ask yourself, what are you doing on a daily basis that brings you joy or what could you add into your life that would bring you joy? So thank you so much, Colleen, for saying that. Thank you, Carlin. I love the podcast and love what you're doing. Keep up the good work and you know, let us know how we can support you. Well, thank you, Colleen. Just tell my listeners where they can find Zigo. Um, to purchase. Yes. So they, thank you for asking. They can find Zigo on our website, zigofoods.com. Um, we're in about a thousand stores nationwide, rolling out in sprouts with our double protein oats um, in May. And then we will also, you can find us on the Swell Score where you can find other pure uh, products that are providing their testing information as well. Um, and we'll be coming into Thrive Market with a new children's bar with vitamin D mushroom powder um, later in the summer. Oh, yum. That yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah. And so, ask for us wherever you want us because the, the, these buyers really do respond to customer requests and you can get really good deals on things like our oats when they're in the store, which is really nice. And all they need to do is just DM those stores, right? And just say DM that they want stores. them. If we're not in your local Whole Foods, we're in the ones on the East Coast, but we're not in the rest of the country. Just DM them and tell them and you can end up getting your oats for like, you know, $5.99 instead of, or $4.99 instead of $6.99 when they're on sale. Like I, I want everyone to be able to do that. And you guys, their fruit bars are delicious. She saved me. We were at Expo West together and she kept bringing me fruit bars because I was starving and they are just so good. My kids love them. But my absolute favorite of yours is your trail mix. It is the best. It's sunflower seeds, right? And pumpkin seeds and some cacao nibs in it. And you guys try them out. They are my favorite. Every time I travel, I take them with me. I love them. They're, they're so easy. And, you know, we've got the chocolate chip, which I know you love. We also have a cranberry one that you can put on salads. You can cook with it, like, and you can eat it straight as a trail mix or use it with your yogurt. They're so simple and versatile. We always say they're unreasonably good for how simple they are. I've never thought to put it on salad. I'm so glad you yeah. said that. I'm going to try that. Really, really good. Yeah, they are so good, you guys. It's worth buying. So check them out. And they're nut free. They're allergy free, like all of our products. So if you have an allergy kid in your family, you don't need to worry. There you go. An added bonus. Thank you, Colleen, so much for being here today. And thank you for all of the work that you are doing in this space. You are an example to so many companies. And um, with you just marching forward like this, I know more companies are going to follow and it's because of CEOs like you. So thank you so much. 
Thank you. It, it is happening. It's very exciting. And be assured that I am keeping my eye on the political front too. So when we're ready to actually have something change in legislation, because we've built up the demand, we'll be in a position that we can get those bills passed that we need. That's amazing. So glad you're doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.